This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 170 for the week of March 29th, 2009. Welcome to Dies and Chewy X, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Dies and Chewy X. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball with ducks in the background, in hopes of enlightening, and a little bit of quacking. Quacking. It's that time of year. The windows are open. It's nice outside. It's a little dreary. It's out, misty. But that if means. You will. The ducks are out in full force. The ducks should be the mascots. I- <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna fire the cats. It's all about the ducks. I will have to take a picture of the new ducks. I'm sad that we're gonna be leaving the ducks, Mary. Yeah, but apparently we're gonna have deer. Okay, deer is also interesting. That's what the new neighbor said. He right. said there is deer that come up. Mary, we're officially moving Dizentu EX headquarters. Yes, from here to about, oh, I don't know, seven miles away. <laughs> Ooh, so far. Not bad. I'm actually moving to the town I grew up in, which oh, is really a little creepy, weird, creepy but to me. But it's all right, but it's our own place. Yes. And None of this living with the parents nonsense. We haven't been living with the parents in a while. Uh, oh, I know, but I'm saying, you know, you're moving back there, but they're not there anymore. This whole right. adult life, it's wonderful. We're going to have a lot of space for recording. We will. I'm not So much sure. so that when we showed people like, oh, this could be your recording studio. Oh, wait, no, this could be your recording studio. We'll Haven't it figured it year. out yet. I don't know. Uh, Mary. Yo. That's you over there. How and the hell are you doing? I'm I'm okay. You're okay. A little melancholy. Why? Because of the weather, man. Oh. It's spring now, but it's so dreary. I'm, I'm going to go run around with ducks, man. All right, you do that with the ducks. I'll do the show by myself. How's that? There's a car. Okay, anyway. It's, it's ambient noise. It's going to be there. Windows are open. It's a lovely, dreary day. <laughs> Anyway, you're Mike, aren't you? I am Mike. It's just you and me. It's Mary and Mike running the show today. We've had a busy weekend uh, fixing things up in the new place, installing things, and it's now Sunday morning. I'm theoretically, again, putting the show up later today. So Julian cannot join us. It would be probably Monday morning heading off to work, if not sleeping, or I don't know um, what time it is. It's Sunday morning here, so it would be Sunday night there. Right, well, into Monday morning. Well, it's like 14 hours. So yeah, you're right. He's probably asleep. It's like 1 or 2 a.m., something like that. Mary, just you and me. Let's talk about what's going on, though, because we got stuff. Probably going to be a shorter episode this week, if only because it's you and I, and when it's just you and I, we tend to be short and concise and to the point. Not that, you know, other people aren't, but, you know, when it's just two people, it's less people to play off of. Less cooks in the kitchen, I guess. I actually asked Julian, uh, I'm give you a little sneak peek of the topic in case you don't know, we're going to go back and do a full, thorough review of the Rules slash Sparkle CD plus DVD single. I emailed Julian, I was like, hey, I, I know we're not going to record with but if you have anything you'd like to say about it, any last thoughts, points, you know, email me back. I'll read it on the show. Never heard back from him. So I'm going to take that as uh, a thorough disgust, although it's probably not true at all. Mary, a couple last little things I do want to mention before we hit the news. Amazingly enough, there's a bit of news, but before we get there, I know I'm not going to talk about this often. Donations, I just want to say lots of items being named next week. Look forward to that. Yes, a lot of in memoriam <laughs> items. Maybe not quite as hilarious as the Laser Kid um, Dragon Ball Evolution PSP game. Nothing of that caliber. God, we had to start it off on such a high I know that everything's going to pale in comparison. Everything sucks in comparison to that. That's all right. Just waiting for things to come in. Just thank you, everyone. We'll talk about it next time. Um, speaking of Dragon Ball Evolution, a little over a week now at this point. We'll talk about it. It was is delayed it, a couple is it really? days. I don't feel I know, like it. I, know, I really it do feel not it. feel like it. And same goes for Kai, actually. <laughs> but Kai's a lot more happy. Right. It doesn't uh, make me want to like strangle 
babies. <laughs> wow. All right, Mary. I put a note up on the website saying, hey, anyone in Central Jersey um, thinking about going to see the movie, want to do a big group thing, let me know. I've heard back from a bunch of people. Uh, I haven't decided where or when we're going to do it yet. I'm actually leaning, Mary, towards that Hamilton AMC just because it's bigger, more people. Pay and more ghetto. <laughs> and more ghetto. Pay attention to the website this week, and I'll mention it on the website as well. We'll post up a time, a screening that we're aiming for if uh, anyone wants to join the group and come see the movie. So, that is that. Talking about Rule, Sparkle, Ayumi Hamasaki. Before all that, we got some news. Dragon Ball Kai starts in exactly a week. We're probably going to have to do another like late Sunday recording next week after the episode's out, or I don't know if we'll be able to catch it. Wait, does it come in on Saturday or Sunday? It starts on April 5th, but because Japan's ahead of us, it'll be their morning, and then by the time we get up, it'll be later in the day. So there, there's a potential for maybe seeing it or staying up to watch. I don't know yet. Let's talk about news, though. We used to wish it told us a while back that Frieza was going to appear in the special. in the, Not the special, the uh, first episode of Dragon Ball Kai. Maybe scenes from the Bardock special. And a new jump scan confirms us that Frieza will be appearing in the first episode. So we just have more cases of being told stuff way ahead of time and it being confirmed in official sources later on. So I love that. Uh, jump also confirms that a CD single for the new opening theme, Dragon Soul, will be released in May. There are no listings anywhere, no prices, no information on it yet. It sounds like it'll only be just the opening and not an opening ending package, which sucks because they might double dip you on that. But I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I don't think you've um, seen or heard this. Someone had a handheld camera at the Tokyo International Anime Fest and recorded. It was sound only. The YouTube video was funny. It was like one of those Sele sound only pictures in the oh, foreground. Oh, really? Really? Well, not from Ava. But like they oh, made okay. their own sound only thing. Gotcha. You know, a reference to that. And it was just really badly recorded audio of um, him, perf- Takeyoshi Tanimoto, performing um, Dragon Soul, the new opening. You kind of get a feel for it. People are saying it's kind of a mix between Hedgehala and Dandan Kokoro Hikaru Teku. So, Maybe I, I don't know. That would be, that would be interesting. Because <laughs> I, be. I like those. I'm looking forward to hearing you know a full quality. I guess in a week we're going to be hearing it. So look forward to that. Also, there is a new trailer for Dragon Ball Kai Saiyajin Raishu or Saiyan Invasion. Mary, you just actually watched the trailer with me. Yes, I did. This is the new DS game coming out that was originally called just Dragon Ball Z Story, and then they kind of rebranded it with the Dragon Ball Kai name. What do you think about this trailer? It looks really cute. I actually want to play it because like I've been harping on for the last couple of years. I'm sick of Dragon Ball Z fighting games. I want to play something different, and this indeed looks different, even though it's another one of those you're playing the story uh, of the story, I guess. However... This one starts, as far as we can tell, in at Dragon the, Ball. Uh, right, the 23rd Tenkaichi Budoka, which is interesting because they're calling it Dragon Ball Kai now. Does that really fit? Whatever. But there looks to be a lot of other cool stuff. Did you see the Haya Dragon summon in there? Yeah. Where he, like, blows a kiss to the screen. It was screen. really kind of creepy. <laughs> it but... was creepy, but it was cute. This one's actually being developed by Monolith Software. So this is finally going out to an outside developer. We're not getting any more Banpresto stuff. Uh, you know, Atari stopped developing stuff years ago. You were saying, you know, sick of the fighting game, sick of the same old thing. Finally, we're getting something that is truly something separate. It's not even a card-based game anymore, as far as we can tell. So I'm looking forward to it in that respect. That looks uh, pretty interesting. Let's move on to some other news, non-Dragon Ball Kai. Stealing this one from Kanzentai, they're following along with the Dragon Ball DVD blog over on uh, the official one of the Toei websites. And one of the latest entries said this. Let me read this to you in quotes. Just maybe... There might be a DVD release of the TV specials that characters such as Bardock appeared in, dot, dot, dot. 
Oh. So just as a little clarification here, the two, I guess you would call them feature-length sort of DBZ TV specials, that being the Bardock and the Trunk specials, those were included in the Dragon Box sets for DBZ. Bardock was in the first set and Trunks was in the second set. While the entire TV series as a normal whole, 1 through 291, received individual DVD releases, these two TV specials did not, as well as the GT TV special. So we've kind of been in limbo, you know, they went through all the TV series, they did the movies, they said nothing about the TV specials with the movies releases, maybe we'll finally get a complete singles releases. And I know for a lot of people, these are the kind of things that they're really waiting for. Like, I just want the Bardock special R2 that would look really pretty. I can't get it. Maybe you will in the future. We'll uh, keep you up to date on that. Talk about Infogroms and Namco Bandai. You know, we've been seeing them get in bed over the years with Atari distributing the Dragon Ball games and Atari being folded back into Infogroms. Infogroms is actually going to be selling 66% of what they call its distribution partners business over to Namco Bandai. Now, this was set up as a joint venture with Namco Bandai in the first place, and uh, many of its products were Namco Bandai stuff distributed across Europe and Asia by Infogroms. So now Infogrames is selling 66% of the stake in this kind of within side business that they've worked with Namco Bandai with back over to Namco Bandai. It totally doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but I just see it as more of these two companies getting involved together, continuing to distribute each other's stuff. The reason this relates to Dragon Ball, the license, I guess you would call it the sub-license for Dragon Ball video games that Funimation has given to Atari, that sub-license expires January 2010. So less than a year from now, Funimation is going to be renegotiating or going elsewhere with this. How does that relate to Namco Bandai already, as I said, being in bed with Infogrames? This is going to be a legal clusterfuck in less than a year. So I'm looking forward to that. Mary, we talked about it. Evolution. It's coming. Or is it? Uh, two days later, then <laughs> they changed so, it to. That sucks. I mean, because we don't have cable anymore. I don't know what kind of advertising they've been doing on TV for this movie. But it's like, God, any marketing that they've been doing that pushing oh, I when know, like, I know. the date's coming out, it's like, oh... Yeah, we really don't have any faith in this product. We're just going to change the date. Yeah, it's weird. So now it's coming on April 10th, and that is a Friday now. They were going to be going for one of those Wednesday openings on the 8th, but we're back over to the 10th. Uh, Sure. We're going to see it. Pay attention to the site. Finally, we talked about this last time on the show, the European licensing news with that license broker plus license. San Gofei, who is kind of our European inside, not even inside source, but because he knows languages and can dig around other sites and email people. He does all the news sleuthing for us. So he actually sent an email to plus license to try and figure out what exactly do they do. Do Where do they hold a license for stuff? What do they plan on doing with the Dragon Ball license? So, Mary, I'm actually going to have you read a little bit of the email here that he got back. They sent it back in Swedish, and I don't know if he translated it to English for us or if they sent it in both languages, but we have information. I know there's a lot of European people out there. They're just dying to know what's going on. So if you could please read a little bit of the email. For Dragon Ball, we handle both the TV slash DVD rights and the merchandising rights. That means that our potential customers are TV channels and DVD distributors who want to buy the rights to the show to show the TV series. 
but also different companies who want to use the Dragon Ball characters on their products or in their marketing. Such contracts can cover different territories. Sometimes they only apply to a single country, and sometimes multiple countries. For example, the Nordic region. In practice, this means that the salespeople at our offices in Stockholm, Warsaw, Moscow, Kiev, Budapest, Prague, and Bucharest now regularly present Dragon Ball to potential local customers in different market segments. You can see a few examples of how we present Dragon Ball to potential customers in both marketing and TVD. Uh, TV slash DVD here, and then there's two URLs which we will link to. When it comes to the TV series, we can negotiate the rights to both the original and the version adapted for children. It's the customer who decides based on his wishes and needs. If we sign a deal with a TV channel or a DVD distributor, Plus License is, however, not involved in the translation slash dubbing other than on an administrative level. That is handled by separate studios. The translation of names and proper nouns are often coordinated with the company that published the manga so that they remain consistent. All material, voices, translations, marketing material is continually reviewed and approved by Toei, the rights holder. Well, there you go. I mean, it's kind of an inside look exactly describing that they're just a licensed broker. They're going out to other places other than just on that highest level. They're not directly responsible you know, for the voices and name changes and all that stuff. But big thanks, Sangofe, for uh, you know, doing a little uh, investigation for us, letting us know what's out in Europe. So, Mary. Mike. The news out of the way. I'm going to rule this review. Uh, 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 uh. Sorry. So we are actually debuting, I'm calling it a new reviews section on the website. Especially going forward with donations, getting items in. And I want to coordinate reviews that we do on the show with some written stuff as well. So I've done a full-length written review of the CD slash DVD single product, release, whatever you want to call it. Complete with pictures. So think of the podcast as a companion version to that. Especially with music, I can do audio samples in the podcast. So I think they work very great together. In a nutshell, we are going to be reviewing a new new CD single from Ayumi Hamasaki. It came out February 25th, so about a month ago at this point. And Rule, which is the first of the two songs in the title, is what they're calling the international theme song for Dragon Ball Evolution. I'm pretty sure it's used as the ending theme. And then it's also Sparkle. It's Rule slash Sparkle. So think of it kind of like a double A-side single where you have both songs that are both being used as singles. Uh, Sparkle actually just got a music video. Sparkle was used in, I think, a Honda commercial over you in You said Japan. Toyota. I know, I said Toyota last time, but I re-looked it up. I think it's a Honda commercial. So it's a, a pretty decent package with two big songs, new singles for Hamasaki. So I got in the version that is the CD plus the DVD. There were three different versions. Uh, the two CD-only versions had Rule and Sparkle and a couple remixes and stuff. Uh, and then each version had, I think, Days and then Green, which were um, different... Hamasaki songs, remixes of those songs. Whereas this version has uh, just Rule and just Sparkle and the DVD with the music video for Rule. So that's an explanation of this product. So just like the written review, I'd actually like to start with our familiarity and maybe even back history with uh, Ayumi Hamasaki. Mary, I'm going to start with you. What do you know about her, any of her songs or music? I don't know squat about her, but I know a couple of her songs. I think I was first introduced to her music through AMVs maybe about six years ago. Just pulling that number out of my butt. I think that it sounds about right. Other than that, I mean, I haven't... You're, you're dead on. Evolution was 03. Oh, right. I said six years and you know, I felt it in my gut. So mostly referring to AMV editor D.W. Chang and his Evolution video to Aroni Kenshin. There was also a Princess Choo video by Bakadeshi Studios that also used a Ayumi Hamasaki song a couple years ago. Um, beyond that, I don't really know that many other songs of hers outside of the AMV community. Okay. But um, from the songs that I have heard of hers, I think I 
said this when we did the um, episode a couple weeks back, where I I do kind of like her stuff. Maybe a little, not that I listen to J-pop or anything, but right. it is appealing to me just because it has somewhat of a harder edge. Like it's more right, of exactly. a rock angle instead of like cheesy. I mean, I do like dance music, but right, Japanese right. J-pop seems to be more bubbly, and this kind of has you know a mixture of that dance stuff and also rock undertones. Well, there you go, because that's actually what Hamasaki is known for, where it's J-pop, but it has kind of that rock element to it, and these songs are kind of a a return to form really showcasing what that is my familiarity is pretty much the same as yours i think i actually tried getting into j-pop i was one of those getting into dragon ball starting to like japanese things at a young age you're like well all japanese things are cool japanese music must be awesome i'm going to randomly decide to be into it so i checked out a lot of j-pop bands back then and uh, as i mentioned in the review back then two mix was really huge with gundam wing um hikaru utada was kind of exploding on the scene. Uh, there was like Mr. Children. Those are like the big ones of the day. But I very quickly abandoned it. I think I realized that the majority of the music was um, manufactured garbage. Not that the majority of American music isn't the same thing. I mean, I know there's underground, wonderful indie acts everywhere, but that was just the overall impression. So I think I knew Hamasaki and some of the songs maybe a little bit before you, but I didn't go anywhere with it. And I'm basically coming back to this many, many, many years later, kind of with a fresh look, knowing a little bit about her and, you know, the rock element being a little bit different than some of the other quote-unquote idols. So that's where I'm coming from. So December 08 comes around. We've been into Dragon Ball for a really long time, and we suddenly learn that Ayumi Hamasaki is coming to do the theme song for the upcoming live-action movie. Now, Mary, we immediately think of Hironobu Kageyama when we think of Dragon Ball music, so this was totally out of left Maybe field. it was for you. It wasn't for me. Well, because I, I, Dragon Ball Evolution, you know, this movie is a totally separate entity. Oh, it has absolutely. nothing to do absolutely. with the anime, nor would I expect Hironobu Kageyama to have anything to do with this, because frankly, he's not not very well-suited for American <laughs> consumption. Now, don't misunderstand. I, I'm not saying that I either wanted him or expected him to do the music for this, but what I'm saying is, all right, now we have a new Dragon Ball song, and it's going to be totally different than what we're used to. So how do you even approach that? I guess you do, just like Dragon Ball Evolution, have to consider it as its own separate entity, often its own world, and take it as that. So, you know, before it came out, a uh, little bit of snippets of the song leaked online, even the full song, we heard it a couple times, and as you heard, we were like, eh, it's all right. Just kind of feel nothing really special about it. So now that it is out, I kind of want to break it down like we like to do. Track by track, talk about the songs, because there is more than just the standard rule on here. And uh, say what we think. So Mary, now that it's been a while with rule, how do you feel about the song? I really like it. You do it really gets like stuck, it. I mean, I said this last episode, well, previous episode, that it's always getting stuck in my head and I'm always humming it. And it's not that I love it or anything, but it is very catchy. It and is a catchy song. I don't necessarily associate it in any way with Dragon Ball, even with like the trailers and stuff that have come out for Evolution. Like, Definitely. I just don't feel the connection. I don't it's just hear a any song. connection. It's just a decent song. Okay. Uh, is there anything about the song that you specifically like or dislike? Any particular elements that stand out to you? Um, I like the chorus. <laughs> what about I, it? I don't know. It's just good. I have you to just, think about it. <laughs> it sounds like you just think it's a fun, catchy song. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not to take anything away from It has guilty that. pleasure written all over it. Okay. That, that's fair enough. Something I want to mention is some of the digital effects on her voice in the song. You know, Mary, specifically you, how much I hate those kind of robotic vocaloid effects placed on people. But this is what J-pop and kind of electronic well, and rockish it, sound is. I kind of wonder why they do that. Is it to cover up 
you know, maybe her voice isn't as good as it used to be. Not that I would know. Or mm-hmm. maybe they just like it because they think it's cool. I think it works. There's, um, it almost distorts it towards this peaking style at certain points as if she's singing too loudly into the microphone, but then they pull it back. I- I'm really not huge on that. But I'm okay with it. I do want to briefly mention the lyrics because Julian was talking about how it's kind of Tokyo Girl dialect, the way that she sings. And as I'm reading along with the lyrics and um, listening to the song, I'm starting to hear a little bit of it in there. I don't get as much as Julian, but one thing I do want to mention is that she uses the word boku in here. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, because that's, um, for anyone who doesn't know, that's typically a a a boy word, like a a word that... Referring a to boy, yourself. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're saying I, it's the masculine, boyish version of saying I. Right, and Goku would use Boku because he's perpetually a young boy. So I thought that was interesting that she was using that word. Whether or not that's referring to it being Dragon Ball or being Goku or just the way that she speaks, I don't know. But I found that interesting in there. Well, she kind of has a deepish voice. She does. She does. So maybe she's like, I'm Butch. <laughs> I'm using Boku because I sing low. I don't know. Probably I, not. I do want to talk about the overall tone of the song because it's... It's completely different from all the Dragon Ball music we've known before. I know it is a separate entity, but I almost feel like the song is kind of cocky in a way. The way I described it in the review was the delivery is something like, we don't need no stinking rules. Like, she's just damn straight about what she's saying. Oh, is that what the translation is? No, no, that's just what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But as opposed to previous Dragon Ball music, which is so carefree and so, I don't know, carefree is the best word I can use to describe it. So it's very different. Well, that's good because I feel like for a show like Dragon Ball that is very manly there's a a, kind of a lack of cocky music because it's all so carefree so i think it's filling a void however like i said before i don't feel any connection between this song and dragon ball well you did mention before how uh when you first heard it or saw it in the trailer for dragon ball evolution they got you slightly more excited about the movie yeah but barely until we actually got the scoop from julian on how the movie (laughs) was any excitement went down the shitter okay fair enough so you think it's just a fun song and that basically wraps it up for you yeah All right, let's move on to Sparkle then. Track two, which, I, uh, as I mentioned, was used in a Honda commercial. It's kind of a double A-side single. How do you feel about this song? I Like Rule, it's also growing on me a lot. It is, definitely. For it's m- more of a guilty pleasure than Rule is. <laughs> I totally are- agree with you. This is absolutely a guilty pleasure of mine right now. I didn't like it at first, as you'll read in my review. I was kind of like, eh, I don't really... But as I listen to it more and more, it's constantly getting stuck in my head. I'm always going, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm doing it too as I'm like putting away laundry and stuff. I'm like, no, 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 laundry. <laughs> you know, Hamisaki says no, and I say no to, to chores. Something that bugged me about the song at sure. first was just the hard, perpetuated bass line. But now I kind of like it. It's just constantly like, boom, 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 boom. Exactly. And I'm like, it's not letting up. Stop. But now it's infectious. And now I'm like, don't stop. Don't stop with the bass. I think both of us were saying when we first heard it, it sounded like an out-of-place Daft Punk song, almost. But <laughs> Oh, did we say that? Yeah, yeah. Well, not on the show or anything, which is between us. It's definitely grown on me. Uh, Another thing I mentioned in the review was how I can see it working really well for a TV commercial, because as much as I like the song, I kind of get bored with it after about 30 seconds. And 30 seconds is a perfect amount for a TV commercial. Exactly. It just seems to repeat itself over and over. But I'm okay with it. I like it. I think if it went on any longer, it definitely wouldn't be up my alley anymore. But I'm I'm digging the song. (laughs) 
So the next track on the CD is uh, Rule, 80 Kids' No More Rule Mix. So it's the first remix of Rule on here. And the way I described it was, let me just read my first sentence to you. If the production on Sparkle was any indication, remixes for Rule could theoretically end up being extremely cool sounding. Unfortunately, we ended up with messy and pointless mixes. That's how I feel about Oh, I guess I'm these. not a cool music snob like you, because <laughs> I kind of like this one. Do you? Especially compared to the one that comes after this. Okay. I actually had the exact opposite reaction. I like the second one more than the first oh, one, but not even that much. I think worse. the second one is wretched. It's so boring. <sighs> the way I felt about this first one, the No More Rule Mix, was that the music was too loud. And I know that sounds really strange. I like, like it loud. Kids, get off my lawn. The music is too loud. But it's how I feel. I felt like um, it was just being completely drowned out, the vocals and everything on it, uh, these loud synth noises. They're not following along with anything else. It just felt like noise to me. And that's not to say the next one didn't also sound like noise. But uh, <sighs> all right. What do you think about it then? I don't know, I just find it catchy, and I like to listen to it more in the car, just because it's like, yeah, thunk, thunk, thunk music. Thumpa, thumpa, thumpa. I, I'm a sucker for remixes, so it takes a lot for me to, I like, too. not like a remix. I feel the same way, but somehow these just didn't do it for me, that... I hated that at first, and now I like it. Oh, really? You know what? I think she has this magical power that maybe she has, like, subliminal messages or some kind of hypnotic thing in her music where you don't like it at first, and then after a couple listens, you start to accept what it is, and you're like, yeah, I can kind of get into this. You know what I say about this remix? What? The 80 Kids is No More Rule mix? No More Rule. Ugh. <laughs> Mike, you're, you're just... All your jokes... They're wonderful. You sure? I pay top dollar for these. Stealing phrases from your dad now. <laughs> Got them off of eBay. <laughs> Moving on, track four, Rule, the Remo Con, or Con, I don't know, Dance, Tech Dance Remix. So after that last one, which I obviously didn't care for that much, I wasn't sure what to expect. Was this going to be better? I mean, you couldn't go anywhere but up from here, according to me. So it begins with that kind of loud and offbeat style from the previous mix, but I felt like the tone of this one was completely different. Um, the guitars were brought in a lot more, um, and the vocals were kind of brought in from the background to the foreground and given a chance to shine, which I wasn't expecting based on the prior remix. The thing I didn't like about this one, though, was that the lyrics that they use is basically only the chorus. When they do break the song down, it does go to the breakdown lyrics of uh, the actual mix of the song, but we didn't get the full verses here. What'd you think about this one, Mary? Well, that's exactly why I didn't care for it as much, is because okay. it was just the chorus, and it was just essentially a dance track right, with right. Um, not much of rule in it. And it's weird that I like this one more than the previous one, because I feel like I have a lot more negative stuff to say about it, especially towards the end where it fades down, but then it comes back in. I think there's a minute and 20 minute 30 still left in the song, and it starts to go into those double bass kicks, and it just gets louder, and then that vocaloid effect kicks in even more, and just, as I said, drones on and on until it just stops. So maybe if you cut off that last minute or so, I really like this remix, but unfortunately it didn't do a whole lot for me. Got it. 
So the last two tracks are the instrumental versions of Rule and Sparkle, uh, respectively. Karaoke versions, if exactly. you know the words. So what was really interesting about this is, like I said in the review, what do you say about the instrumental version? Because it's taking things away from it. So how do you describe a version that has even less in it? What I liked about this, though, was you get a chance to hear those backing vocals of Hamasaki. So you can hear the harmonies that are being made that you kind of notice, but you don't really hear how they're being made. It was interesting how flat they are delivered in the instrumental version, but I think that works together with uh, the full singing to make it sound pretty nice. And finally, with Sparkle, as I said in the review, I like this instrumental, this karaoke version, more than the previous one. And maybe it's because Sparkle is more of um, a techie, rockish sound than the prior one, which is more of a traditional sounding song. I don't know if that makes sense. But because it's more electronic, I feel like uh, an instrumental version of it works better than the instrumental of Rule. I liked it. That's probably one I'll return to more than the instrumental for Rule. go. Um, that's basically it for the CD, but there is the DVD on here. We have to talk about the music video, Mary. We talked a little yes. bit about it last time. The but- um, weird bondage ninja dancing and then occasionally show up in a pretty dress and hair uh, video. <laughs> Let's talk about that, that where the song kind of breaks down in between the verses and the chorus. You know what? I meant to say this during the rule review when sure. you were asking, are there any things in the song that you don't like? And I actually don't like the breakdown I agree. of when it becomes like all soft and like, a, oh, it's so, you know, slower and pretty and it just comes out of left field. I totally agree. Especially in the music video where she's in that like princess outfit and just moving her hands around her face almost Vogue style. I I don't get it. The only thing I can think of is that they needed some way to visually show that the song sounded different. And so the thought was, okay, make her all pretty in a dress and zoom in on her face. And that's it. I like bondage version better. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't even call it bondage. I don't think it's very bondage. It's just pleather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't feel the pleather. So uh, the story to the video is there's this um, room corridor of a bunch of guys without shirts with masks on and she pops out of a doorway with a smile on her face. She's got this rod stick and she walks down. She kind of taps towards people and their masks fall off and then they dance a little bit and she jumps on top of them at the end of that verse (laughs) and then it moves into the the princess stuff and then it reforms. They're all dancing in, I guess, like a dojo-esque place and then some evil guys with masks show up and they just don't do anything until the end of the song where she lifts her hands up in the air and fires this giant blast and the other guys kind of do almost fireball-esque motions and it explodes and then a bird flies away. There you go. (laughs) Sounds like a pretty standard (laughs) Japanese music video. It does. Uh, How'd you feel about her dancing and all that other stuff? I 
I thought her dancing was kind of weak up until the end. I like the backup dancers were way better. Up. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Her dancing is kind of lazy. I can't describe it uh, in audio, but Mary, you're the only one's going to be able to see it. Where she puts her hands together like this into like a double fist, and she swings them from left to right. There's one moment she's doing that. Looks like she's really struggling to keep up with all the background dancers, which is weird because I mean she's just a, a little lady. She should be able to move herself around pretty well, but. Oh, maybe she's just not a good dancer. I mean, I don't really that's actually true. know anything about her. So. I don't. I don't either. But that's how I felt. I love her hair. I want her hair. I want my bangs to do what her bangs do. I got to grow them out a little bit more. But I think they're so cute. I especially after watching the video for Sparkle, I think this is the best hair I've seen on Hamasaki in uh, all the recent stuff I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I really I like, like this hair too. I like the straightness. I like the the color that her hair is, and I like her bangs. <laughs> okay, that was our fashion critique <laughs> section of this. Review. I'm gonna have to show you the video for Sparkle. It's uh very interesting. Oh, but yeah, that's a- what you said about this video, too. No, I, I might like Sparkle a little more. I'm not sure. It, it, it turns into a Britney Spears thing with, like, the red jumpsuit and stuff at some point. You know what? When I was watching the video for Rule, I thought, you know, again, I don't know much about J-pop or anything, but I... That's what you We know with her hair and her outfit and stuff, I was thinking, is she supposed to be, like, the Japanese Britney Spears? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Madonna, just because... <laughs> I don't know. ...getting older and can still do it? How old I is she, know. anyway? Uh, let's look. Wikipedia knows. Um, 78, she's... She's uh, three years older than... Wow, so she's pretty... I mean, by Japanese pop star standards, <laughs> I guess 31's pretty old. Yeah, all right. Wait, wait, what was it again? 78? Yeah, 78. 78. So. October 78. Okay, so she's still 30. She's still 30. Okay, the big 3-0 she is. <laughs> looking good. She's all got right. a hot pod, if I can be gay for a moment. Sure, you're allowed to be gay. As much as you want on this show. <laughs> all right. It's fine. Uh, let's talk about that little making of thing. It's only about three it's minutes short. long. I was really disappointed short. by that. I was extremely disappointed by it. I mean, it's only one music video. What else can you show? But they show a little bit of the tattoos going on. This is another thing I mentioned in the review. I didn't even notice that she had a tattoo on her back in this video until I watched the making of. In retrospect, as I go back and watch the video, when she spins around a couple times, you can notice it. But I had no idea. I thought it was just all the guys there. I, I didn't see it. She's wearing a mask for a lot of it, like that quirky thing the Japanese people do. Don't want to get sick, put on the mask. It's kind of interesting. And she's doing some choreography with all of them. She's running down hallways and stuff. It's interesting. It's cute, but it's only about three minutes long. I mean, shorter than the music video itself, but it's on there if you want it. Another thing um, that we received with this, because I pre-ordered, you know, the first pressing of it, was a poster. It's wrapped up in green, sort of tissue paper-esque material. I haven't opened it yet, because we're moving, you know, we threw all of our posters together. I didn't want to open it up. So I have no idea what it is. I'm assuming it's just the cover art of the CD, but it's going to be a surprise when we open it up and figure out what to do with it. So this chapter in the review is not yet closed. No, it it will read open at some point. So I guess I want to go into my final thoughts on the CD. You know, we like to do who should pick it up? Do you think you should? What type of fan would want it? I think the really big question here is, should you pick up this CD single or should you just get her new album, which uh, actually just came out? It's called Next Level. And I've actually been listening to it over the last week. I really like the new album. It's a total guilty pleasure thing going on for me. I did check out a couple of years ago. It was uh, Misunderstood. I think that was 2006, which to me felt like it kind of had a hip-hop vibe to it, which I really had no interest in. Now that this one seems to be that rock element that you really hear in Rule, I was really enjoying the album. So now you kind of got this conflict going on. Do I pick up the CD single, which has Rule and Sparkle? Or do I just get the whole album? And in fact, the whole album has its own CD plus DVD version, which has a music video for Rule on it, and has a music video for Sparkle on it, and has a couple others. It has the making of from Rule as well. So you're really thinking, do I spend the, what is it, like 20 bucks or 18 bucks for this single, or do I spend the 38 for 
for the big version of Damn, the new album. 38. Well, you can get just the album version itself, which I think takes it down to around 30 or so. So you have to decide for yourself, are you a big enough fan of Hamasaki or the J-pop music, whatever, in, in general? Do you want to just get the whole new album? Or are you just a Dragon Ball fan? You just want Rule. You don't have to get the CD plus DVD. You can get just the CD version, and those run you about 10 bucks. And you'll actually get a couple extra tracks, because if you get um, Jacket B or Jacket C, you get those um, extra Hamasaki remixes of Days or Green or whatever. On what are there. those poses? Do you have, like, larger versions of those? I uh, can't yeah. tell what she's doing. You can zoom them up. For the version we have, she's got a hand up by her face. For Jacket B, she's got a hand over her head and holding her foot, but she's looking towards the camera. And then for the final version, Jacket C, she's doing a little more, but extending her body out even further. She's wearing, like, this green jumpsuit and green shoes and gloves. Are she making letters? Is that what it is? Like, I can't tell why she's posing that way. Uh, you know what? I think you're right. I think this may be... A, B, C? A, B, C? Um, no, because... Oh, it may be Jacket A, Jacket B, Jacket C. Very true. That... I think you're right. I didn't even notice that. I was wondering what the hell she was doing. Because then if you'll see on, uh, the cover art for Next Level, it's the same thing where Jacket A, B, C is slightly different, although she's not really doing any kind of poses. She's just looking in a different place. Huh. Mary, what do you think? Who should pick this up and what version of kind of the six different things you can get? The three versions of the CD single, the three versions of the album. Like you said, I'd only pay any attention to this if you were, you know, a fan of this type of music. Otherwise, it's a bit of a risk. You know, you may or may not like it. It may not be worth your investment. I don't know. I would go for the single. Casual Dragon Ball fan, go with the $10 single. Yeah. Just get Rule and you get the extra stuff on there. You get the remixes, you get Sparkle, you get some extra songs on there. All right. I, you know, for me, I go, I go all out. I get the full package. I get the music video on DVD. That's good to have around. So that's what I would pick and what I did pick. So as far as I know, that is a review of Rule and Sparkle. There is a complete written review on the website. It has pictures of all the packaging, the cover art, and uh, some screenshots from the music video and from the making of, and a quick little 30-second snippet from the music video itself. You can kind of get a feel for it if you haven't seen it. Um, and I do have links to purchase everything at the bottom of the review over on CD Japan. Mary, I was telling you this. I broke my long-standing stance um, for no affiliate links anywhere. I actually signed up for the CD Japan affiliate program. I figure, hey, we're doing this donation thing now. I'm going to have links to purchase stuff on the site. Let's why, see how more we can sell out. Why, All right. Why not? We'll see how it goes. You I mean, we mentioned it enough on this show anyway, so. Right. You don't sense. have to use it. If you want to click through and then click elsewhere, whatever. Do whatever the hell you want to do. I'm just trying to be convenient for you and me. All there for you. Links to it will be on the homepage of the website in the show notes for the episode you know where to go. So with the review out of the way, let's take it on to some releases. March is over. We're basically in April. So let's go through the month of April. There's a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of stuff going on. Let me get you going on April 3rd, which is a Friday. We have coming out Dragon Ball Super Exciting Guide Character Volume. It's coming out from Suecia. It is 630 yen, so around uh, six to seven bucks. Suecia's got a listing on their site, but I've been telling Mary, I've been telling everyone, Amazon Japan does not have a listing for this yet. It comes out in a week and they just don't have it. I'm waiting to place my CD or uh, Amazon Japan order for the guidebooks. I'm just hanging on the edge of my seat. What's going on? Also coming out that same day is the TV version anime comics Dragon Ball Z Anuyoichi Budokai Volume 1. Again from Shueisha, 730 yen. You know what this is. The redundantly redundant animanga. Get it if you want it. We prefer you didn't. Mary, April 5th. All big right. day. Yeah, it's a big, huge honking day. It's uh, the premiere of Dragon Ball Kai on Japanese television. It debuts on Fuji TV at 9 in the morning. Right before... One Piece. 
nice. It's the Toriyama Oda Power Hour now. Good times over there. We'll uh, be keeping you up to date with everything on Dragon Ball Kai. If you haven't seen it yet, we have a tidbit on our site. It's linked off the uh, homepage over in the right-hand column. Every bit of information we've known about it from the very first hints you can read through chronologically and keep up to date on it. So then April 7th, which is a Tuesday, Dragon Ball Evolution for the American PSP, coming from Namco Bandai, developed by them. Uh, actually, by Dimps, rather. It runs on a version of the Shin Budokai engine. Uh, it's uh, $39.99, although Amazon still got the $36.99 pre-order. We'll be reviewing the game next month, thanks to us receiving the Laser Kid Memorial Dragon Ball Evolution PSP game. Gotta mention it. Mary, speaking of Evolution... Okay, on Friday, April 10th, it's the U.S. theatrical debut of Dragon Ball Evolution. You don't need to see this if you don't want to, but um, if you happen to live in New Jersey, pay attention to the website to see if you want to do a group showing, and then we can all blow our brains out together in a ritual suicide uh, thing going on. Well, we know how Mary feels about it already. <laughs> Moving on, April 15th, the Dragon Ball Evolution soundtrack, the Japanese release of it from Brian Tyler. Genion's releasing it over in Japan. I have no idea what's up with this. Are they even a company anymore? It's GNCE 7048. That's Genion. It's uh, 2,500 yen, about 25 bucks over on CD Japan. Let me keep you going. April 21st, which is a Tuesday. This one's not delayed. All the others have been. Vizbig, Dragon Ball Z Volume 4. This covers Tankobon or Graphic Novels Volumes 26 through 28. It's uh, $17.99, though Amazon's got a pre-order for $12.23 still. Moving on the next day, April 22nd, Wednesday, Mary. All right, we've got Sherry, the debut single of some chicks singing Romantiku Ageruyo. It's about 1,200 yen. It has three tracks, and it is $11.59 on CD Japan. Yepers. Um, when I finally get to place my Amazon Japan order for the guidebooks, I am throwing this in to the mix, so we'll be reviewing it. you love it. your little Japanese chicks. I do. You know, I need my 12th version of <laughs> Romantico Aguario for 12th time in two years, something like that. Bunch of other stuff, though, over in Spain, Mary. Keep going. All right, Dragon Ball Z Volume 32, Spanish Region 2, uh, PAL DVD. It's a two-disc set, and it's La Saga Debut. Covers episodes 256 through 263, and it is 24.95 euros on ZonaDVD.com. Also, finally, on that day, April 22nd, is Dragon Ball Z Dragon Box Volume 4. Uh, it's also the Region 2 PAL release uh, disc uh, sets of two disc packs. And there are 10 discs total covering episodes 118 through 157. Let's see, we got here retail price of 59.95 euros, also on ZonaDVD.com. Thank you much. Finally, closing out the month of April on Wednesday, we have Dragon Ball Kai Saiyajin Raishu, or Saiyan Attack. This is the one that's developed by Monolith, who actually just put out Fear 2, so very, very different developer from what we're used to with Dragon Ball games. From Namco Bandai, 54.90 over on PlayAsia. We know nothing about an American release, but you can pretty much be guaranteed it'll come at some point down the line. So, with all the releases out of the way, let's do an email. This one's actually a follow-up to what we talked about last time with Julian, with uh, Ningen in the DBZ ABCs. Mary, it's just you and I. We got a, a short episode. We got to go fix stuff up in the house. So, one email. Could you read it for me? Sure. From, this one from comes from Boring, Boring Ryu, Ryu, which is I awesome. Love it. Because um, I was just actually reading the um, Udon comics, uh, the so Street sorry. Fighter comics. I like 
like them. They're the art's pretty. Wait, anyway, which one were you reading? The is the Street Fighter one Street- by Udon. And okay. in one of the books, Sakura is traveling with Ryu, and they end up at like some internet cafe or something. And she's making Ryu check his email or something. And apparently, Ken set up the email address for Ryu, and uh-huh. the email address that Ken gave for Ryu was boring Ryu at Capcom something <laughs> dot com. I wonder if that's where they got this then. Maybe that's funny. Maybe. All right. But I could explain that to you. I feel <laughs> like you. smart or something. I haven't read it in a or while. Or just incredibly dorky. Alright, what's boring Ryu say? Says, would Goku be considered a Chikyujin or Earthling? Alright, so let's break that down again. I think the easy answer is no, he's a Saiyajin, but he calls himself a Chikyujin several times during the series, exactly. so he wants to deny his bloodline. Yeah, sure, okay. I think one of the only times he ever starts to maybe even consider dipping into that Saiyajin heritage is shortly after Vegeta is killed by Frieza. And when he, it's convenient. When it's convenient for him, but yeah, he's typically always saying, I mean, this isn't the races, it's the names. He always says, Kakarota Jane, Son Goku da. So he's saying, I'm not that, I am Son Goku, I am from Earth. I mean, for his, for his whole life, he thought he was, you know, an Earthling, so right. in his mentality, he's always thought to have been an Earthling, but clearly his genetics show otherwise. <laughs> right. So, Chikyujin, that would basically be anyone from the planet Earth, though their heritage may be differently. We had some nice follow-ups on the forum to uh, last DBZ ABCs, people talking about what does Ningen mean? And something Herms brought up, which I thought was really interesting, is we think of Ningen, we think of human being, but characters like Ginyu actually refer to themselves as Ningen. So I think think if you want to break down Ningen in terms of Dragon Ball, that means something more along the lines of just a sentient being that is aware of their surroundings and can talk and interact and stuff. But then if you want to talk about the planets, Chikyujin would be an Earthling. Saiyajin would be from Planet Vegeta. Um, Namek Sajin from Namek, etc. So Goku thinks he's an Earthling. He lives there, but he was not originally born there, if that works. Mary. Yeah. Questions, comments, concerns, etc. Where are they going? Yeah, yeah. Send your emails on over to podcast at com. That's spelled P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. And that's emails. That is emails. Next week on the show, we're back up to a manga review of awesomeness. We're up to Tankobon 26. That would be DBZ 10 if you go and buy the Viz version. So Jeff will be joining us. Hopefully Julian will be joining us as well. And this is the volume where there's a couple panels of a character, which means that later on this month, we can do a review of the first DBZ TV special without spoiling things for Jeff. So I'd like to pull him in on that as well, get another virgin perspective on, on additional things. So look forward to that um mary yes it. oh wow show's over this was 170 holy crap. holy crap i try not to think about that number so much all right mary what do you want to plug you know what? i thought i had something i thought i had something i can plug but i guess i can only plug my site which is templeoftrunks.com going on one year since my last update and I'm afraid I won't have an April Fool's joke this year. <laughs> the joke is that I have no joke because wah, April wah, 1st wah. is coming up soon and I was too lazy to come up with anything. In fact, my dad reminded me. <laughs> Actually, that's how bad it's been. It's like, oh, April Fool's joke. Uh, anyway, Temple of Trunks is T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S dot com. And clearly I've been putting all my DBZ effort into this podcast rather than my own site. And no. even then, it's not a whole lot of effort. <laughs> So I apologize. You got a new microphone coming, though. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Looking is, forward to that. It's very nice. So that's you, Julian, and myself. Dies and www.dazex.com. Dazex.com. Dazenshuex. Be sure to check out the full review of Rule slash Sparkle over on the website. Link off the homepage to show notes. All the good stuff. So for Mary over here. Bye. For Julian, off in Japan, probably sleeping, enjoying. We will see you next week 
week for 171 and the debut of Dragon Ball Kai. Daisenchuix podcast to konchimo kitte kurasate arigatou gozaimasu. Jikai mo o tanoshimi ni.